Welcome to Formative, the show where today's leaders are interviewed by the leaders of tomorrow. Today's guest is James Vaca. He served in the New York City Council from 2006 to 2017. His causes range from our fire department to zoning, even to algorithms. We're so excited to have his expertise and energy with us here today. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel Gazdick, CEO of New York Edge, and my co-host today is Tabitha from PS175. Hey, Tabitha, how are you doing today? Good. Um, well, I'm so excited to be co-hosting the show with you, and I think everybody out there would like to know a little bit more about you. My name is Tabitha. I'm 11, and I'm a student at PS175, and I love to swim, like at beaches and pools and stuff like that. Well, you know, I think you're at the right school. For our listeners, if you would look out the window right now, all you would see is water surrounding Tabitha's school on City Island. We're excited to have you here. And I know that uh, we have a really great guest today, Mr. James Vaca, who's a former city council member. So I want to welcome Jimmy to the show. Hi, how are you? How's everybody? Tabitha, nice meeting you. So Jimmy, I think you're going to be super excited about today's show because I think PS175 is a special place in your heart. Oh, yes. PS175 is where my daughter attended. She's now 27, but uh, she went to PS175 and we had a great experience there. The teachers were great. We had wonderful staff and I was involved as a parent myself. I was chairman of the school leadership team for maybe six years at PS175. As Rachel said, City Island is a unique community and students learn so much by going there about the history of the island and they're very much on top of environmental issues there as well. So Tabitha, I think this is super exciting that you're interviewing somebody that knows your school so well. And so I'm going to turn the show over to you because I know you have a number of questions for Mr. Vaca. And so why don't you take it away? Okay. Um, what were some responsibilities of being the city council? Oh, well, I served on the New York City Council for 12 years. The people elected me three times and I represented a big part of the Bronx, including City Island. It's not an easy job. And it's uh, almost 24 hours, seven days a week, if you want to do it right. It requires that the city council member know the community, know the problems, know the issues, know what people are concerned about, and that the city council member tries to help the people in his or her community. City council member depends on the community to be his or her eyes and ears because they come back with the problems, they come back with their concerns, and the city council member has to try to help. Now, the city council member has more than that. City council member can pass laws, because don't forget that in the city of New York, the body of people that pass laws is known as the New York City Council. And Mr. Vacca had many laws passed uh, that I hope made a difference uh, in the city of New York. But those laws come from the problems we identify. And we have hearings on those laws. We get input from the public before we pass them. And then the mayor has to sign uh, the law that the city council passes. 
The city council has budget power. During my time, I allocated a lot of money to after-school programs, to uh, computers for schools. I allocated a lot of money to senior citizen centers. Again, I look at the needs of my district and I try to help, whether it's through the budget or enacting a law. But I think the biggest job a city council member has is that he or she has to have credibility in the community. That person must be seen at all, as many as the events as possible. I can't say all because that's impossible. But they have to be seen at many events so people know who the city council member is. I always went to the Little League parades, the veterans functions. I always went to the community boards and the community associations, senior citizen centers, PTA meetings. When you start to think of all the organizations that a city council member has to make sure he's in touch with, tenant associations, homeowner associations, the groups that support our parks and our libraries. So a city council member has all those responsibilities. And I enjoyed my 12 years in the city council and I thought that we got a lot done. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work. Were you nervous like your first couple of years? Well, I was nervous the first couple of months, I will say. It was new to me. When I was a new member, I wanted to be everywhere at the same time. And I soon realized you can't split yourself up into three different people. And I had to devote time downtown to City Hall. And I had to devote time to my community. And then I had a family that I wanted to devote time to on a personal basis. So how do you make everything work? And I had a wonderful staff. I had wonderful people helping me. So when I couldn't be everywhere at the same time, they would help me and go to functions on my behalf. Did you always have a desire to be in politics? I kind of think I did. I originally identified my interest as being in community work. And then it became an interest in government, politics, and then running for office. I got my start in the eighth grade of my junior high school. They were then called junior high school. Now they're called middle schools. And in the eighth grade, I went to middle school in Throgs Neck to a school called 101. And in the eighth grade, I had to take the number five Bruckner Boulevard bus going home. And the number five Bruckner Boulevard bus never came. And I would be standing there with my friends in the eighth grade waiting for the bus on Bruckner Boulevard to take us back to Pelham Bay where we lived, and the bus never came. So I started to organize my eighth grade friends into a student council. And we went to the MTA, the uh, Metropolitan Transportation Authority. We went to the PTAs. We went to the community groups. We started a petition to get better service on the number five Bruckner Boulevard bus. We went to public hearings, we, we got petitions, we fought the MTA, and we won. We got better service because we didn't want to be standing in the rain and the snow for a half hour and an hour when we left school after a long day. And then from that, 
it just took off. I went to high school in the Bronx. I went to Columbus High School in Pelham Parkway, and I ran for student council president in the 11th grade. I won. And then for the 12th grade, I served as student council president. And Columbus High School then had almost 5,000 students. So that was a lot of responsibility and a lot of work, but I really enjoy getting things done. I get a reward out of getting things done. So I think that those two events propelled me to be active in my community, to be engaged, to make my voice heard on important issues. And little by little, I became more and more involved in politics. What was the scariest part of being in politics? Wow. The um, inability to get things done became frustrating. Mr. Vacker would introduce a law. I would introduce a bill to be passed. And it would take two to three years to pass the bill. And that was very frustrating. And I got upset by it. I'll never forget that there were sometimes bills that I introduced that were passed three or four years later that when I saw them, they were changed and modified. And I didn't even recognize the bill because it was so different from what I originally introduced. But that's because when a bill is introduced, you have to work with your colleagues in the city council and you have to work with the mayor's office so that you get a final bill that is a consensus of everyone. Can you tell us a little bit about a, a bill that you passed that you're most proud of? Oh, I'm proud of many of my bills. Uh, I introduced the first bill in the history of the country, really, that dealt with algorithms. Algorithms control your everyday life. And we never had legislation that tried to get a handle on how are algorithms used. They are used in the criminal justice system. They are used when you are placed in a high school. I had students and their parents come to me. Mr. Vacca, we want to go to high school X, but my daughter was assigned to high school Y. How did that happen? So you call the Department of Education, and the Department of Education will say to you, well, you know how that happened? Uh, that's how the computer spit out her name. I said, that's not an answer to my question. On what basis was this young lady assigned to the high school she was assigned to? And it was by an algorithm. And algorithms are not transparent. And my bill now that I had passed in my last year in the council, which was 2017, that bill mandates greater transparency in how we use algorithms. Algorithms are everywhere in your everyday life. So I thought that that was an important piece of legislation, too. I introduced many legislative bills that pertain to transportation because I was chair of the Transportation Committee. I introduced bills that pertain to domestic violence as it affects the elderly because I was chair of the Senior Citizen Center subcommittee. And the major issue we had on City Island for several years, which I didn't cure by legislation, but we cured by organizing City Island, is that on City Island, the city of New York wanted to shut down the ladder company in the City Island firehouse. 
Now, City Island, if you know City Island, and people in the Bronx all know it, it has one way on and one way off. Well, the city of New York had a budget crisis, and they said, you know what? We have an engine company and a ladder company in the City Island firehouse. We don't need a ladder company in City Island because nobody uses it. There's never a fire on City Island where you need the ladder company. Well, we said, wait a minute. If there's no ladder company and there is a fire, it will take nine minutes for another ladder company to come to City Island as opposed to the two minutes it now takes because we have adequate fire protection on City Island. So we beat, at that time, Mayor Bloomberg, and we put money in the budget to make sure that the City Island ladder company was always kept. And now the threat has been removed uh, for about now, seven years now, we haven't had a problem with people looking to do that. Yes, a city council member can get a lot done legislatively and by organizing his neighborhood. We just had a fire on the island, so thank you. Given the divisiveness in politics today, how do you think your advice has changed over time? Well, I very honestly tell young people today that politics can now be a rock'em sock'em career. It's unfortunate. We are polarized so much in this country and political campaigns are often very strenuous. Political campaigns can be personalized, can be not nice because both people wanna win and some people will do anything to win. That's part of politics today, unfortunately. I do think maybe it was always part of politics, but I do think that the social media has played a role that it did not play when I first came in, in 2005. I warned my student at Queens College, and I warned anyone, especially those who want to one day run for public office, be careful what you say on social media because that's a record for life. Your social media, your Facebook, your Instagram, uh, now there's TikTok, all these things, they are a record for life. So you could run for office 20 years from now and somebody will say, do you know what Mary said in 2022? So I tell my students, use social media to be constructive, to give information, to help people, but be careful what you say and be careful with social media because it is that permanent record. I do urge people to get involved in politics. I definitely want young people to be involved. And you can start like I did in student government. You can start in your local Girl Scout, Boy Scout troop. You can start cleaning up local streets with a group of your friends. There are so many ways young people can get involved. And then politics comes naturally. You will see or hear a person who's running for office who will motivate you. And if you look into their record and they do motivate you, volunteer in their campaign. Go with people you believe in who are honest, who have integrity, who on the issue have similar views to yours so that you think they would advance those principles should they win. Richie Torres, who is a Congress member from the Bronx, started with me at 16 years old, and he was basically brought up in my office, and I'm very proud of him, very. 
He's one of the best Congress members. He went to Lehman High School, right on, in Throg's Neck on Tremont Avenue. And I was district manager of the community board, community board 10. I called the principal of Lehman High School. And I say, you know what? I would like you to give me a student who is good on civics and government, who wants to go into government, and I will make him district manager of the day. He will shadow me in everything I do. He sent me Richie Torres. And when I saw and met Richie Torres, I was floored. And then when I went to the city council, I brought him with me as an intern. I hired him. He became my housing director, mentored him, brought him up, and then ran for the city council and won. And then he ran for Congress and won. Well, Jimmy, thank you, because I think you're the model of how critical it is to mentor our young people. I want Tabitha to jump in here because I know she's been chomping at the bit to ask some of her her fun questions for you. So Tabitha, take it away, hon. Where is your dream vacation destination? I have to tell you what I love the best. My vacation spot is a cruise ship. I enjoy the cruise ship because of the shows at night, the buffets and the food. And Mr. Vacca is careful what he eats, but Mr. Vacca has a sweet tooth. And on the cruise ship, you could have a little taste of this and a little taste of that. And um, I'm really happy being uh, here in the Bronx and in New York City as well. We have a great place of museums and uh, restaurants and food. Just in Queens, by the way, in Queens, you have so many different restaurants from all different countries to go to in neighborhoods like Jackson Heights and Astoria and Woodside. I recently ate um, Nepalese food. We have a community from Nepal in Woodside. I had Philippine food uh, in Jackson Heights, which both of those foods I've never had. So like I could eat all day and I would still be missing out on some of the real great restaurants we have in the city of New York. What food is your guilty pleasure? Oh, well, sweets. Mr. Vacca happens to like the creamy cheesecake with some cherries or blueberries on top. I mentor a lot of people, especially in the gym. I mentor them on diet and nutrition. And I, I give them advice. And I saw one of the guys from the gym the other day. He was in the supermarket and he held up the Greek yogurt he bought. And he says, I did this because you told me. I've been buying this because you told me that it was good for me. I said, see, how do you like it? Oh, it's good and it's healthy. I say, yes. So, yeah, I do, I do get a reward out of that as well. Education is not just a book. Education is life. Education is learning every day. And learning means talking, but also listening. Listening is the most important part of communication, I think. In your opinion, what is the best type of cheese? Oh, well, you're talking to an Italian-American who very much likes cheese. My best cheese is the provolone, uh, but I do like mozzarella. To be honest, I have to tell you the truth. I like all cheeses except blue cheese. I do not like blue cheese. So, Tabitha, you like blue cheese, huh? Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. See, our taste buds are different. I know a lot of people who like blue cheese, so don't worry. I'm glad you like it. Like, my mom, she loves it. She eats it like, you know those Cape Cod potato chips? Yes. She eats blue cheese with those. Ooh, 
So sounds good. Yeah. It sounds good. So Jimmy, uh, I, I think we're coming to the end of our show here. Tabitha, do you have one last question that you want to ask? Um, just one. one just last one. Go one. ahead, hon. Did you have a nickname growing up or was it always like Jimmy? Oh, no. well, my nickname is Jimmy. My real name is James. James is my official name that I use officially. If you voted for me, it's James Backer. That's my name on my birth certificate. But to be honest with you, when I was a young kid, I thought James sounded too much like a butler. You know, here, James, uh, it's, I'm dating myself, of course, but James sounded like a butler, and I don't think that James fit me, so I always used Jimmy. Now, I have friends of mine who say, Jimmy, at this point in your life, you should be known as Jim. You're more of a Jim than you are Jimmy. And I said, at this point in my life, everybody knows I'm Jimmy, and that's what I'm going to be called. And, um, and that's what I've been called. So that is, that is a nickname um, that stuck. We were at your school, Tabitha, and the UPS guy turned around and said, don't I know you? <laughs> and yes. so it really happens all over the place. And I love it. I love it. I love people. I always treat people the way I would like to be treated. And I know that that's important for young people today. Treat people the way you would like to be treated. Treat people, everyone, respectfully. If you learn and you meet people, and you don't like the person you've met, then move on and make other friends. But when you meet people and when you see people, always treat them the way you want to be treated. It's very simple today. We have so many people who don't like people that they've never met and that they don't know. And uh, sounds ridiculous, but it's true. So I've been fortunate in life to have a lot of good friends and a lot of nice acquaintances who have respected me and who I respect. So Jimmy, we always close our show with this one question. If you had to give advice to your 13 year old self today, what advice would you give? Oh, wow. Um, Apply yourself in school, but also make the best of friends. School is important, academics are important, but your social life is also important. Who you choose, as your friends, it's very important. Let your friends come to your house and meet your parents. Let you go meet their parents and make sure your friends are friends who are worthy of you. I truly believe that so many times when you are with people, you are viewed as those people are viewed. So who are your friends, your peers are very important. The academics, the school, very important. Push yourself. Don't think you can't do this and you can't do that. I used to have students come into my classroom at Queens College. Mr. Vaca, I'm an accounting major. Uh, You're teaching political science, urban studies. I'm happy if you give me a C. I said, don't talk to me that way. Never be happy with a C. Regardless of the subject, you aim for the A. I want A students. And if you can't be an A and you need my help, I'm here but also always aim for the highest. Have the highest values, the highest respect for others, and aim for the highest of goals in your life. And believe me, you will attain them. Never say you can't do. No such language as I can't, I can't do. You can, and you have to challenge yourself and you have to try. 
Well, thank you, Jimmy. And thank you, Tabitha, for being my co-host today. Um, and thank you again, Jimmy. It's, uh, it's been such an honor to have you on today's show. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Formative, a production of New York Edge. I'm your host, Rachel Gazdick. My co-host today was Tabitha from PS175 on City Island. She was assisted by Jesse Cowan. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. This episode was produced by David Hoffman and Tasha Lemley. Post-production by Alex Brower. Original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Thanks to the whole team here at New York Edge for making this series possible. Never miss an episode of Formative by subscribing to the series at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.